It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Hey, it's Time Enough Podcast, where we dive into episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here. This is Luke. You are getting your uh, serious episode like in weird temporal time because you're going to hear people complain that I give you these silly comedy episodes like four episodes from now. Yes. Now you, now you have this one. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, listeners. These are not recorded in the order that you hear them. <laughs> so um yeah we got we got the hardcore one for you today the invaders one that's uh i, I guess this is like how 60s tv is supposed to creep you out yeah it's like kind of like outer limits done like slightly classier maybe that's sort of vibe it's it's a like you want me that this episode has some like kind of cheesy dumb props i actually love them oh i do too they're, they're, they're cheesy and dumb but yeah but yeah <laughs> Like, they are a little cheesy and dumb, but the episode is overall, like, real classy and dramatic and, like, gorgeously done. And kind of experimental. Uh, occasionally, yeah. the Twilight Zone, it feels like an experimental film. Uh, Eye of the Boulder mm. had a bit of that going on. Um, mm. I didn't say 22. Well, that's that's in a few weeks, but that has a little bit of that going on. Um, and we did the Hitchhiker. That kind of had that vibe too, I think. Which, which you know, by season five, they're actually just buying like somewhat experimental films because they have to fill in their production thing. Well, one to be specific, but <laughs> yeah. So I, I do. That's I think that's one of the things I like about the Twilight Zone. Is it does kind of stumble into that um, experimental edge, like be, beyond just trying to be like you know creepy or trippy or whatever. Oh, and also episodes like this or dust that feel like so ahead of their time are the reason I was getting annoyed when you were giving me episodes like <laughs> Mr. Tingle's Strong. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That okay. do just feel like, <laughs> you know, episodes of a NAF 60 sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes with some cracking dialogue, I'll give them, but uh, let me talk about this one just a bit. Uh, there's not a lot of trivia because there's not a lot of people here. Mm. <laughs> Original air date was January 27th, 1961. Uh, Richard Matheson scripted this one, though I imagine that script was mostly stage directions. Yeah. Uh, great. Actually, I, I'm, I'm going to interrupt myself. Just um, we had we were I was watching it with my family. Right. Um, I, I, I said, do you want the funny one, the creepy one or another one on an airplane? My daughter went creepy. So that was this one. And um. And Luke, and Luke, you'll you'll get this right away. The the subtitle, since there's no speaking, it's like pants, and then a few <laughs> seconds later, pants loudly. <laughs> yeah, keeps panting. You know, so for a Jap pants for those of you that don't know actually means underwear in Japan. So well, also in Britain, that's why it means it in Japan. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there I learn. Okay, that's why we say trousers, right? Because pants is underwear. 
Okay. So anyway, yeah, my, my daughter thought that was hysterical watching it. So <laughs> again, we're watching a horror thing there. She keeps giggling at it and my wife keeps wincing at it. <laughs> uh, director Douglas Hayes will ultimately be responsible for nine episodes of The Twilight Zone. He doubles down on this one as he's also responsible for that bit of spaceman dialogue we get at the end. Mm. Well, why hire someone, right? You got a voice, yeah. do it. <laughs> Agnes Moorhead was a bit of a late bloomer. Uh, I'd wager this episode alone could have earned her her legacy, but she hit that button even harder playing Andorra on Bewitched. Yet another Bewitched reference. Okay. <laughs> an episode like this absolutely needs an original score, and Jerry Goldsmith absolutely provided it. Yeah, great music on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, when the Twilight Zone has an original score, it's like, well, it's literally movie quality music, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, a few years down the line, he's doing Planet of the Apes. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, Luke, can you prologue us, please? This is one of the out-of-the-way places. The unvisited places. Bleak, wasted, dying. This is a farmhouse, handmade, crude, a house without electricity or gas. A house untouched by progress. This is the woman who lives in the house. A woman who's been alone for many years. A strong, simple woman whose only problem up until this moment has been that of acquiring enough food to eat. A woman about to face terror, which is even now coming at her from the Twilight Zone. Yeah. So back in season one for this podcast, I mean, uh, you and I did The Hitchhiker. I did Mirror Image with Andrew. And I got to the point where it's like, oh, I can't keep doing these these episodes with like another dude. And that was the original thought for this. But I, we, I mean, we even talked about it a little bit yesterday, but it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, I mean, I definitely there is an element of like a woman alone in her house during this kind of home invasion does have a different vibe than a dude. Right. Right. Like it, Especially in like 60s television, you know, a man defending his house would be a very different proposition than, you know, a woman alone in a house being terrorized. But ultimately, yeah, this is a story about a person in a house being attacked by little critters. So it, it I'm maybe, maybe your original guest would have caught some, you know, um, like relatable feeling that I'm not aware of. But for sure. Yeah. I'm also actually very glad that you've picked me for this one. Because, like, I was just checking the date, actually, on my phone, because this aired 1961. That's right. So that's six years after Hopkinsville, and this is very Hopkinsville Goblins. I thought you might have a word or two about that after I watched it. So yeah. um, I had a much dumber thought. I th Now, uh, temporally, of course, it's wrong. The Twilight Zone, as it does with many things, is a few years too early. But I kept thinking, like, a gritty reboot of the Smurfs. Like okay. <laughs> Agnes Moorhead's character is like Gargamel or something. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, the equivalent of that that I was thinking of was, oh, this is like Small Soldiers. Okay, there's a touch <laughs> of that too. You, you've, I've watched that one once. Uh, you've seen that one, I guess, a few more times than I have. So, But yeah, yeah. That, that perfectly makes sense as well. Or, um, or the uh, toys attacking the uh, neighbor, Sid, in Toy Story, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if we want to go for something a bit classier, um, Reminds me of like the farmhouse scene in War of the Worlds as well. Yeah, I'm seeing that. that. In that, it's not little like fellas; it's a probe coming in. But 
still like <laughs> silent farmhouse creeping away from an alien, obviously. Well, yeah. Um, at, at one point, should we start? I mean, I assume everyone's watched this if they're listening, but what point should we uh, break and let it go into full twist land as far as our discussion? Should we talk aliens <sighs> first? I guess let's yeah, talk about the, aliens first. Because I like the episode a lot when you're just treating it as a woman being terrorized by aliens. Um, but Matt, do you want to get rid of this screen share? Oh, yeah, good thinking there. <laughs> <laughs> just because it was giving my face terrible lighting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking about it as just aliens attacking a house, uh, I really like it and it's creepy and it's tense. And I did see the twist coming from like the start. But I actually think the episode would be better without the twist. Yeah. I think just played straight, creepy, terrorized by creatures in a home story. And, you know, just have give us an extra scare or two at the end instead would be better than this real obvious kind of cheesy twist. I I might be a moron because I watched it um, not not picking up on the twist. Basically, because I think I'd always seen, you know, I I have to, I see the plot descriptions when I'm scheduling this thing, and it's one of the episodes I don't think I'd seen anytime recently. So it was just like woman is terrorized in her farmhouse. I'm like, okay, that's what I'll expect. So um, mm. I might have poisoned my own brain, and I don't know. I, but that's good. Point- maybe maybe that. I mean, that's the correct way you want the audience to be watching it, right? Mm. But I mean, what are we? How many episodes are we in? Like fifty something episodes into the Twilight Zone now. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching along with the show. I'm looking for the twist. Yeah, I think I've gotten like mildly like I'm not looking for the twist anymore. You know, mm. like when I especially when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, I'm smarter than this. I'll find the twist. But now I'm like, no, I don't want to figure out the twist. I just want it to play, you know, which yeah. was so if I do get the twist ahead of time, it's, it's like especially annoying now because I I'm actually like trying not to look for them. It's not like I'm sat there going into it like, right, let's find the twist. Let's solve the puzzle. I'm so smart. I think but like my brain, <laughs> yeah, but my brain is just set up to be like, oh, hang on a minute, I know what's going on here. And like, also, I'm sure there are episodes that will subvert that because they know the audience is doing that, right? Yeah, I feel like we already had that conversation a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, another thing, uh, I get down weird YouTube rabbit holes. Uh, the, last night I, I told you I was what? Did I tell you I was telling someone else I was watching a uh, you know videos of weird small Tokyo living spaces. So about a year ago, I was watching um, like these 70s documentaries about like weird Appalachian, not let's not say weird, let's say out of the way Appalachian like villages and farm homes mm. and stuff. So I had just recently been watching things about homes like this because one of the things is, oh, this actually is an alien home. Right. So it, it doesn't have to correlate with modern Earth or, or anything. Because like, why is she alone? All that sort of stuff. But you know, having watched those, it was like, yeah, sure, it makes sense. So that could have been a good 60s perspective thing where there were more people living in like, you know, weird, non-utility laden, you know, uh, rural homes and things. Oh, yeah, I believe that. I mean, if you go out of the way enough here in Japan, there are still people living borderline that way, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I just saw I, I didn't click on because uh, I wanted to go to bed last night. But after I'd watched my Tokyo thing, it was like next up is a. Uh, the the hermit dude that lives in a secret village so you know nice. i have to get back that that's what i kind of feel like the invaders is you know the the hermit woman living in this place you can't find on earth I, would have been perfectly acceptable i didn't even necessarily assume she was a hermit woman because the episode doesn't take place over a very long period of time she could have a family who are just out and this is 
mid-afternoon. Well, evening at least. Um, yeah, but yeah, like okay. there's nothing in the. It's not like the episode takes place over days and days of torment. Right. Although, just to to throw back the prologue you just read, this is the woman who lives in the house, a woman who's been alone for many years. So okay, there we go. <laughs> um, I caught this is the woman who lives in the house, not been alone. Fair enough. Okay. Um, but let's talk about the goblins because uh, you can definitely school people on that more than me and probably school myself. I don't know if I've heard a full description from you in a while. Yeah, so the Hopkinsville Goblins encounter was um, a UFO alien encounter around the year 1955 where, yeah, it's, it's a farmhouse in um, I think it's Kansas, Hopkinsville somewhere in that part of America anyway. Sorry, I'm letting myself down with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so two families, they're over having a nice evening. That same night, um, there was a strange light in the sky reported by the police. Um, and then, yeah, they were just over the entire course of the night, just harassed by these creatures who kept coming up to their windows, little goblin looking guys. Um, and a family apparently like tried to shoot at them. It didn't work. They were coming in at the windows, coming in at the, um, what do you call them? Trying to get through the chimney, all of this. Um, they even like went into managed to make a desperate escape in their car into town and brought the police back with them. The police, you know, saw all the like bullet marks and stuff, but I don't think the police saw any of the creatures. Police went home, the creatures attacked again, and it became a fairly famous sort of alien encounter incident. Um, but way more famous in Japan. So like a lot of anime have aliens based on this creature rather than the um sort of the typical grey that you get in the West. And yeah, they're like smallish goblin looking things. Um, now, the sort of prevailing theory is that it was probably just owls. Because the creatures kind of do have the face of an owl <laughs> and owls would behave like that and sort of thing. So, so this was like, really just Hitchcock's The Birds in real life. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> maybe. but maybe. <laughs> but obviously, you know, when I'm thinking about these things, I like to let myself believe it's an alien for a little while. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so um, E.T. was originally going to be like a retelling of that. It was going to be a horror movie about uh, li these little goblin aliens attacking a house. And then it ended up over many script revisions becoming sort of the family movie it was. But I maybe that's why E.T. spit off into Poltergeist. I think maybe they did a little bit. Um, but and also maybe that explains why E.T. looks like such a horrible little goblin. <laughs> Um, not and to yeah. be that guy, but oh, sorry. Just I just looked uh, just for anyone that cares. There is a Hopkinsville, Kansas. There's a Hopkinsville, Ohio. This one's Kentucky. Kentucky. There you go. Yeah. Christian County, Kentucky. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter is what you meant to call it because Kelly was the family, and Hopkinsville was the not even technically the town it's in. They were in like an even smaller little village outside of this small town. Um, but yeah, it's a a big favorite of mine. And this definitely had the feel of it. And I've kind of been waiting for a good movie of it. There's like a real crap made-for-TV semi-documentary one that I feel like, yeah, just a family overnight harassed by aliens would make for a pretty fun little horror film. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like you said, I mean, More of the Worlds has a, a, a few seconds yeah. of that, the, the cruise one, right? I um, thought, well, I'm, I mean... The alien doesn't come inside, but the even the original does have that scene with the probe, which is iconic. Yeah, I get. Uh, well, yeah, it's in the it's in it's also in the fifties movie, but it doesn't stick out as much. <laughs> oh, really? I, but again, this is just Matt is not as 
into I a Disney movie that as I am. Much, yeah, I watched yeah, that it, like, is that is considered the reason that's in the cruise one is because it's a very iconic scene in the other one. Okay, well, I'm just saying is I guess as far as like me feeling tension while watching it, the yeah. uh, cruise one, you know, with oh, modern yeah. filmmaking techniques probably helps a lot too in that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. um, no, I, I guess the 1950s one, I just think of people standing, you know, by a forest grove and getting vaporized is the image that sticks in my head the most. <laughs> And then the other, um, completely separate from that, the other reason I really dig this episode, it's got big Pikmin vibes. You're, yeah, yeah, give give that a run. Uh, so I the just Pikmin, know the name. In the Pikmin game series, you play as a tiny little astronaut who comes to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, plucks these little plant creatures to help him survive. Um, and in Pikmin's case, the humans are all gone. It's like a post-apocalyptic Earth. And it's just... Uh, and it's also completely dialogueless. So you're just this tiny little astronaut. You've got these little plant guys. They don't talk. And you're just desperately trying to rebuild your spaceship and go home. And I guess as the player, you're kind of like pushing Pikmin around from the back, like in this episode. No, so, so, yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's like it's like a strategy game, but you play as a little dude. So you okay. actually have to run around and command them. But, yeah. So, yeah, I guess we'll talk a minute or two about the spacemen in this one, which... I, I instantly looked, you know, had to see if there was like merch of that available. I would buy a little guy, little figure of this guy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in my notes, I, I write it's, it's the best and worst prop ever, you know, at the mm. same time, because it is completely unrealistic. Like no one, even a three year old's not going to buy it, but it's still just like, hey, the rest of this episode works perfectly. They're like, OK, spaceman, go, we made this little plush thing and pushed around some. <laughs> Yep. And uh, like the way he's really big and chunky and fat, I really like. Yeah, I didn't like, get that. If, they, if they'd actually just photoshopped in like actual human actors or whatever in little suits, I wouldn't have liked it as much as the big chunky thing that it is. <laughs> I think it's because there were a couple of scenes where it moves a little bit, right? So they had to put some sort of motor in it. Okay. I, I just assumed these were the um, from the Wally verse. So they were all <laughs> extremely large by this point. Well, maybe a little smaller. This would this would be post Earth return uh, by a few years. So they they just slimmed down a touch. <laughs> it do remind me a little bit of the um, the aliens you see right at the start of what you call it, Fifth Element. You know the oh. big chunky aliens who stomp into the pyramid at the start. Oh yeah 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 okay. Uh, okay i can see that except these obviously have like the i mean you know I, maybe the tell was that even though too chunky it was generally like how you would conceive like a, a cosmonaut or astronaut going into space in the early 60s yeah um the saucer is fun i mean it's just a plain old saucer but it was weird because the first time she goes up i thought it was an attic and then later it's clear that it's just the roof so mm. That, yeah, I, I, I had to say set design. Yeah. So uh it probably was filmed like indoors, right? So yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was on a sound stage. I mean, Twilight Zone does make quite a bit of use of, of backlot, especially and like mm. uh we saw earlier in the season where it's like, hey, we've got a mansion we can film out film at. So I did like two or three episodes there. Uh the universal backlot we see in Where's Everybody. So they they get outside a bit, but yeah, this this one seemed very soundstage i mean it would make sense from a filming perspective because you need to get like every angle conceivable since you have no dialogue you know 
um, this is one that would have actually, I think, thought, getting back to the videotape discussion, th- this would have been a terrible episode on videotape. Because mm. <laughs> then it would have felt like a stage play, and that's not what this needs. This needs to have tense shots, you know, and cuts and things like that. Um, you can yeah. get the Invader, but it's always either sold out or $800. That's what I found when I looked, yes. <laughs> So Maybe we'll what, see it at some random recycle store one of these days. I'm, I'm already tasked to find the, the Japanese Twilight Zone soundtrack CDs, so I guess I'll just look for both when I do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. What What was the creepiest moment of this one for you? Creepiest? Hmm. I'm saying I'm asking because I already have an answer. For me, it was um, like after she'd when she escaped back down the ladder. And the one down there was gone and was like, I think it went, she's like checking under all the beds and everything and it's not there and she doesn't know where it is. Maybe that's saying that it's creepiest when you can't see them, but. Well, Jaws that, is only yeah. off screen, right? <laughs> yeah, that was when it was uh, the most creepy for me, I think. Uh, you probably was, have a better moment. This would have been Jaws if they had just like, you know, like, ah, eh, whatever, just keep it on the screen more. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which, <laughs> So, so maybe that's something I could have done this. But again, we, we both like it. It's fun. It's, it's it's a slightly weird fit, but it's perfectly fine for 1961. And it's iconic. Uh, for me, it's it's the um, the door opening because I was mm. like, something's going to happen here, but they're gonna he's going to slip the knife through the door. wasn't like my first thought. And I was like, oh, my right. God, how much would it suck opening a door and like grabbing onto a large knife? <laughs> the bit that I really liked and would probably have been taken slightly further if this was made today, was when she was pulling the knife away from it by holding the blade. Oh, yeah. And I was like, if you made that today, she would be like grabbing it and there'd be blood running down her hands and stuff. And yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah, I mean, her, you know, everything's rough hewn in this episode. Her her clothes are the, the farmhouses, but she has a nice little knife collection. Those are some swank knives she has there. Yeah, she keeps them polished. It's got to yeah, be done. Yeah. She's got well. She's got to eat, I guess. Is is the whole well? That thing. first knife we see her using is like this curved dagger thing. Like <laughs> you don't use that for vegetables. That's for like murdering your foes. <laughs> well, it's an alien planet. You know they yeah. have different food in it. So <laughs> going back to Pikmin, maybe their their vegetables do need murdering. Um. Oh, with with the soundtrack, I you know. I, I do like that it's very kind of like the rustic soundtrack and then just like mm. invaded by uh, all of our uh, forbidden planet noises. I, I thought that was cool. So oh, I, always... yeah, I love I love the sound design of most of it because if the aliens had been like talking or whatever, it would have been super lame. But just we'll making those eventually. weird beeps and bloops and stuff. Yeah, mm. it's a bit lame. Um, <laughs> it works really well. And yeah, as you're, you're describing it perfectly. It's a rustic farmhouse invaded by sci-fi noises. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's... it's just in sound and alien. So that that's kind of kind of cool. Um, I do like that while she's you know flipping out like quite understandably uh, in this situation, you would be flipping out. Um, she is reasonably strategic, you know, like because Bruce Campbell, right? He always flips out if he's in a room by himself, but she tends to keep her head on her shoulders a little bit better, I think, which could be a a plus or a minus depending on your your viewing taste. But No, I tend to like in my horror movies, I mean, Bruce Campbell's an exception because you're watching it to see him freak out, right? But I 
I usually don't like horror movies because the cast is such idiots. So seeing someone just actually fairly sensibly figure it out is much more entertaining to me. This, um, this definitely goes pew 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 for the the lasers or whatever. I I don't know what are they what are they no, are... some sort of radiation weapon. I was getting the impression. Yeah, because yeah. she gets those weird sores and stuff. That that was pretty mm-hmm. creepy too. Where she mm. starts finding those, I'm like, man, I would I would not enjoy that. Although, yeah. <laughs> um, so we we've we've talked about them enough as aliens. Uh, you say that you'd like it better without the twist. So I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the twist ruins it because it's Twilight Zone. There's got to be a twist, and it's is what it is. But yeah, for me, just the the very simple premise of woman alone in a farmhouse harassed by little aliens was more interesting than the oh, actually we're the aliens. Oh, space twist. Is, they were people all along. Is this is this how the Air Force would handle extraterrestrial um, giants. I mean, they get relatively shooty pretty quickly, and they they should be able to at least recognize the, uh, even though they're much smaller. That I think they should be able to recognize the tenor of this place <laughs> and understand what's going on a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also another one of those funny moments with Twilight Zone where it feels like NASA should exist already, but again, it's U.S. Air Force on the spaceship. I I think. By this point, I think NASA was in business, but maybe they weren't like quite a household name yet. Yeah. Excuse me. Even today, though, I mean, we have like the Air Force sending these shuttles into space for like years at a time, and that that doesn't really make the news. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I guess mean, it's they... switched. Air Force space is secret, and NASA's public now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we're saying this, the the I, I guess it's Orion, right? I keep wanting to say Orion because I live in Japan, but that's supposed to be a blasting towards the moon as we are having this conversation mm-hmm. oh did you not see that news no what's that one doing they launched the uh artemis rocket which is 15 percent more powerful than the saturn 5 with mm-hmm. one of nasa's orion capsules on it like not the spacex right. one but an actual nasa one it's unmanned it's going to circle the moon uh come back land they're going to make sure everything checks out they put some dummies on there uh, if that's successful, next year they're going to send a crew around the moon, and by the end of the decade, the plan is to send uh, specifically a a woman and a person of color uh, to land on the moon because we've already had enough white dudes on it. Okay, I'm, I'm very glad to know that we're putting people back on the moon. Well, well, it'll happen when it happens. But yeah, they've been saying that for years. But they are currently sending their their you know test doing vessel, more guess. than they've done in like 40 or 50 years so 50 50 unfortunately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of cool so you know yeah. hopefully they don't like have a end up going through a weird space rift and landing on this planet or the planet of the apes or no, i hope they do Buck go Rogers. through a weird space rift and find something cool well they are not going to tell us about it in the future that's true we'll just think they're dead so that would actually be grim yeah. for us yeah, well, these guys get a signal out, so I guess everyone knows they at least landed on the uh, land of the, the giants. giants. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any other uh, big hits you want to throw out in this episode? No, I think I've hit. I yeah, I finally got my good one for the first time in a while. So thank you. Okay. Look, you I can... don't think it's been that long since I had a decent one. It's just that I had like two or three naff comedy ones in between. Yeah, like like I said, you have the uh, downside of not being able to specifically uh, ask for episodes as you are do- learning about the Twilight Zone in real time. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a that's a uh, bit of a handicap, I guess. But 
let's do our questions. Um, okay, actually, the first one: Who went through the Twilight Zone in this episode? I think there's, I guess, there's actually two answers for that. Yeah, pre-twist, you would say she's in the Twilight Zone, and post-twist, it turns out she is off the Twilight Zone, and it's the aliens, the astronauts, who went into the Twilight Zone. Right. Although, is is that just being too biased? Should, should we keep the focus on her being in the Twilight Zone? She's having I guess, yeah, one, emotional terrors. The other guys. If are you're like, a, if you're flying saucer guys, I guess at this point you are of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, they signed up and for she, this, right? She's just a little farmhouse lady who gets attacked by. Yeah, I guess either way, she's the one who got Twilight Zoned. Yeah, because she did not sign up for this. Uh, you know, you're going on the the Air Force's experimental space mission, and you have to. I mean, you, you don't have to expect that you're going to end up in the land of the giants, but mm. yeah. Now they they do reference her as being what, highly aggressive, which I don't know. I guess that's just a matter of perspective because uh, she's be pretty fair, much on defense. It hadn't done anything yet, and she chucked it down a hole. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> that's why I'm going to Gargamel, I guess. How, be- how many of us can say we wouldn't react the same if a little spaceman came into our house? just scream and throw it well what do you do with your bugs i mean i try and get the bug out without killing it myself but uh i'm pretty good at trying to take them out alive but once they're in my home sometimes it's just like yeah you need to go i'm scared (laughs) and they get squished yeah i don't think i man i don't think i actually killed it but i was just trying to get this little bug like on the train i was like just go anywhere but here you know (laughs) i had a cicada a couple months back like get stuck in the rut of my screen door on its back, freaking out and making loads of noise <laughs> in the middle of the night. And it was so hard to like flip it back up right so we could get out of there. What's that better, that, that or the time you got the cicada in your pants? Um, cicada in my pants was smaller, and but it did die when we tried to remove it. But at least I was surrounded by other people and it was very funny. <laughs> okay, so you got the, the humor. You got the bit bit. To go back to the start of this episode, Matt's talking about pants in the American sense. He wasn't in my underwear. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm going I'm going Yankee on this again. Can I say Yankee? I'm from Georgia. No, you can then if you're in Georgia, you don't call yourself a Yankee, I guess, because uh, you're all Yankees to us. Too busy. I know that's why I was like having this little <laughs> bit of a labeling dread. <laughs> Um, does she deserve? Look, you want to go with with Agnes Moorhead's character? She didn't. If have we're going with her, uh, yeah, she this doesn't is... deserve any of this. Other than, like I said, she did actually instigate the fighting, but also they did land on her roof. So you know, depends on your point of view. If we're yeah. going for, did they deserve it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a military. Yeah, the military and acting like total colonizers just landing on people's planet, on uh, people's houses and strutting about. So, yeah, deserved everything they got. Um, a flying saucer on your roof might be a little too on the, on the face. I think we could still put a big black monolith on your roof. What do you do? Um, I mean, I know you live in an apartment. Let's, let's just assume you have a roof directly above you. And I've suddenly got a monolith on it? Yeah. i tweet about it. <laughs> take pictures of tweet. oh yeah like the, what was it last two years ago where the the random monolith art oh yeah, yeah 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 that was kind of fun <laughs> but those weren't on anyone's roof they were like in the desert right yeah so yeah yeah I, i'm just gonna agree with how you're talking about deserving or not deserving for this one 
I I definitely curious uh, where you want to put this on the tripometer. Cool. Oh, you gave me a number. Okay. I thought I it'd be funny to on the silent episode give you a number again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because because the teleplay for this is, is all. <clears throat> yeah, the teleplay <clears throat> is done how I usually do my tripometers. <laughs> okay. Um. I'll. Yeah, I'll. I, I think the number it originally came to mind was three point five, and I'm I'm not really sure. It it could be a four or two. So I could drop. I would probably drop it to a three for the twist. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, yeah, that, I think that, I like and that's a sign of a bad yeah. Twilight Zone where the twist makes you drop your tripometer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, yeah, like I say, just the when it's you know normal person and something strange is invading them is a better trip than like you know oh the humans are in a spaceship and they stumbled across this thing. You know, I feel like that's less trippy for me. I get I get what they were going for, and it is a nice little twist, but it felt. It really feels like they felt like, oh well, this episode doesn't have a twist yet. What's the twist? Well, you brought up a little bit, like uh, it quite, sort of brings out the the colonizing vibe. Which, if it's mm. aliens doing that, you know, it's just like whatever. That's like Independence Day. We we want you to die or whatever. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, in this one, you know, it just it adds just a, just a sliver of social socio political yeah. comment. I guess you could give it that if you're being generous. And then, yeah, then, I'll, st- yeah. I'll stick to my four. Yeah, yeah, and then of course the tripometer depends on how much you love the the spaceman prop, <laughs> which I do love. Like, oh, I, 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 I saw one for fifty bucks and was going to buy it, and then I saw it was sold out. But I'm not uh, paying eight hundred bucks for one. <laughs> no, that'd be insane. So, um, <laughs> like like last week, I showed you the the Robin uh, from Batman Robin a uh, bald figure, and I was like, oh, if it's twenty bucks, you have to get that. But uh. It was that those are four hundred dollar figures, and uh, no, yeah, there are not many characters I'd buy four hundred dollar figures of. And I'm going to tell you, Batman and Robin's Robin with a big crotch bulge is not one of them. <laughs> but uh, no, I actually I had the thought like a month or two ago, maybe I should like make the space behind me like some Twilight Zone merch. And yeah, then I saw the uh, price of Twilight Zone merch, and mm. as you, as you know, if I'm spending that much money, it's going to be another guitar. <laughs> yeah. I realize why don't I have that much dorky collectible? You could at least like, put your that little shelf behind you. You could put the Twilight Zone Blu-rays there at least. The, I, I, the case. It, so, yeah. um, a bad Amazon review. When I got the case, it was the case was you know gnarled, and I had to put them into this um sleeve thing. So they live in here. Oh, okay. I don't know. I got the eighties you... one. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah, the eighties right. one is there now, which we we won't be getting to for, for some time, but it's there. Yeah. If someone oh. can actually see it. it's kind of an Easter egg if you can see it or not. <laughs> Talking of things we won't be getting to for some time, the um the other film that this reminded me of was Nope. The okay. most recent um Jordan Peele one. I, I think I've said it on here before. I've decided to simply not watch those and treat them as the first three episodes of his Twilight or four or five by the time I get to him, as uh, yeah. treat the movies as the first few episodes of his his Twilight Zone and watch them fresh when I do the podcast. So I'm Fair actually going to say, uh, I'm sure a lot of people get the reference and I'm going to say, no, no, don't tell me. <laughs> All right. So uh, I am intentionally, avo- I've watched about five episodes, eh, actually a few more of his series, but the movies mm-hmm. themselves, like, man, I'm still in the dark about them for the most part. And that's, I think I should stay there till it's time to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I get that. But yeah, this from the trailers looked like exactly my shit. So I had to go see it.
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, well, I get to a theater less than you anyway, so. Yeah, well, you don't live over the road from one. Correct. Also, you have a family. You can't just blow money on whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so you you can tell people what you're actually up to because this airs in, what, three or four days. So any, any, oh. any twitching, anything like that? Yeah, so if you're like in the... Like in my chat about the Hopkinsville Goblins, the reason I'm so into them is because one of my favorite Pokemon is based on it. And I do a wee little podcast called Luke Loves Pokemon, which you can find on Twitter at Luke Loves PKMN or on Facebook, all of that. And the new Pokemon game is coming out, has just come out as you listen to this episode. Um, So we'll be doing episodes on the new Pokemon from that. So make sure you check it out. You can see me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Luke Loves PKMN. That's on Friday nights, 8 p.m. UK time, Friday nights and Saturday nights. Um, and yeah, generally just find me doing Pokemon related content a whole bunch at the moment, probably. So does that mean that you're going to you're going to switch from uh, Unite to to Scarlet now? I have never played Pokemon Unite. Okay, Pokemon uh, Unite is a Chinese like free to play turd. <laughs> okay, uh, I know it's because our um, it's because our mutual student tells me about what he's doing in Unite every week, as he does yeah. for you, I'm sure. So that's probably why I'm dialing you in for that oh what what is the other one scarlet what's the other one scarlet and violet you have to get both or are you getting one yeah i'm how gonna do, i'm gonna play? get i'm gonna get both and play one as my own game in my free time and then the other one i'll stream ah okay because the one i stream i'll just be playing for like two hours a week so it would take me like a year to finish it okay yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like planning planning things out well yeah as for this it is time enough podcast um Time enough pod, maybe on Twitter, who knows at this point, and at Facebook. Luke and I also do other podcasts as he, well, he mentioned his, but if you go to Patreon at Podcastio Podcastius, you will hear Luke and I talking about various sci-fi movies every week with far more obscenities. Um <laughs> I was hoping you were gonna announce it without mentioning that it was me, and I was gonna, oh yeah, you should listen to that one. Matt's co-host is really cool. Okay, there you did it. Anyway. Too late now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I will never not use a joke, even if it stops being appropriate. <laughs> uh, you already mentioned Luke Loves Pokemon, and you also do the Monster Mash for the Monster Hunters. And the Game Game Show, where y'all game, and we get four British guys screaming insults at each other weekly. Yeah, um, as you're listening to this, you're in the midst of two episodes where I've had to use a lot of speeding sections up. Because two hosts in a row did way too many questions that were just us listing stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, Matt's been telling me that the episodes have been relying too much on, like, like actual video game knowledge, and it's not as entertaining. And if that's not your bag, then these are two episodes not to start with. <laughs> so, yeah, go start with number one, uh, I guess, if you're going to do the game game show. Because it's not yeah. like it's it's not like they're time coded particularly, right? No. Uh, it's 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 an evergreen of a show, yes. <laughs> Dance loudly.
Thank you.